Welcome to the Wheel of Sports. This is the podcast home to the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is... Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery! <laughs> yeah! Just for you, two in a row. <laughs> I love the Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery. Um, can you change your name by the poll, maybe? Yeah, just maybe, to yeah. add two. It, I mean, it'd be very confusing, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think um, so. So, Matt, I can't believe that we're sat in this studio in our running gear. This is ridiculous. Oh, no. Uh, how, how have we got to this stage? We're no longer just talking and telling people about the greatest sports stories of all time. We, we're, we are them. We're living them. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know if we're, this is going to be a sport and memory worth keeping hold of, but we're going for a run straight after this. And uh, let's get the wheel spinning. But I can't believe that you've wrote me into this. I'm feeling a bit sore after play futsal yesterday you're intimidatingly wearing your london marathon jumper as well which is uh, very kind of you so the topic for this episode is against all odds against all odds i'm having it i'm gonna tell this one <laughs> go on and in the spirit of us going for a 5k after this i'm gonna tell you a story about a runner named cliff young do you know cliff young cliff the name really rings a bell Please tell me about Cliff because it's, he's written into Australian running folklore. He is an Australian icon. He's an Australian hero. He is a man who won a race back in 1983. Not that impressive. It is. Well, yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> it's impressive. But he won the race. But that's not enough to get on the wheel of sport. These are the greatest sports stories ever told. All right, well, how about this? He won it when he was 61. What? Yeah, pretty good. Are, are you sure? You, no, hold on. You've, you've, <laughs> I'm not he finished. must have been 16, wasn't he? 61. Those digits are right. He was wearing gum boots or Wellington boots. He's wearing a pair of wellies. Hey, that's not even the impressive part. The impressive part, bearing in mind we're about to do 5K. Cliff Young, the race he won was 875 kilometres. That's 544 miles for those listeners out there who prefer an imperial unit. 875k, 544 miles. The race starts in Sydney and goes all the way to Melbourne. Cliff Young's an imperial unit. What? Like, is it? Is he mentally ill or is it you? What's <laughs> happened here? What has happened? You could read all those things out again and it still doesn't make sense. He, he's 61 years old. And he ran from Sydney to Melbourne in, in gumboots. Gum Mate, this is it. And I, I, I'm... and he won. And he won. But let <laughs> me tell you why. So as I said, the race starts in Sydney, goes all the way to Melbourne. But the detail I love here, this isn't a race from like the Sydney Opera House to the MCG. You know, this isn't bridge to bridge or, you know, city centre to city centre. It's the Westfield running race. So the race starts and go and finishes... It, between Australia's two biggest Westfield shopping centres, Westfield Parramatta in Sydney, all the way to Westfield Doncaster in Melbourne. Oh my goodness. How good is, is that? It, <laughs> How good is that? So, I mean, you know, sometimes like you do a little run like we're doing tonight and you, sometimes when you're running, because you've got a bit of space in your mind away from your work day, that little thing, jobs, oh, I forgot the potatoes and you're like, it doesn't matter. I'll be in Doncaster, West, Westfield. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, I can pick that up when I'm whatever there. Whatever I need, yeah, I'll just yeah. pick it up when I start or, or when I finish. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So look, Cliff turns up for the race, 61 years old, 
and he's there to compete and he's wearing his gumboot. I really was hoping that you'd say he turned up for the race, <laughs> 49 years old, and by the time he finishes, 61. <laughs> not Cliff, not Cliff, not Cliff with his shuffle. He turns up in his gumboots and he's got overalls on as well. That's the other thing. There's no lycra for Cliff. He's got full-length pants on, uh, on his overalls, to cover his varicose veins, which he describes as hanging off his legs like grapes. <laughs> he also, just pic- just to picture the man, he's got no teeth, and he's got no dentures in either. Because he, he explained afterwards, he said when he used to run, the dentures would rattle around in his mouth, and it used to distract him, so... <laughs> He's just got his gummy, gummy mouth, no teeth, gummy no boots, gummy, gummy boots. <laughs> he's all gum. And, it, and, it, and but this isn't like a joke event, you know. He's there, and and people are treating him as a bit of a joke. But he's lining up alongside ten professional marathon runners, including Siggy Bauer, who's just set the world record for a thousand mile run in South Africa. A thousand miles—that's six one thousand six hundred and nine kilometers. So. It's a strong field. This, you know, you've got a world record ultramarathon runner as well as 10 professional marathon runners. Where do you find these races? That's not a, a distance. Are you not like, going that's to, not you've got to go to the Westfield Shopping Centre back in 1983, <laughs> mate. So, as I say, people are treating him as a bit of a joke because he's got these ridiculous Wellington gumboots on. And the pre- mate, there's, a, there's a press conference before the, before the race and he gets asked about his gumboots and he says... Gumboots, bah, these running shoes are great. They're so good it takes me 200 meters to slow down and stop. And <laughs> he's just coming up with all these golden catchphrases. He, as I say, the way he looks, the way he talks. Um, he's from the country. He's just a real character. And the, and the media love him and the sponsors love him because it's obviously creating and generating more interest and more intrigue in the race, you know, because you've got this... His character, he's been, tra- he's been treated as a bit of an idiot, a bit of a curios, a bit of a weirdo, a bit, bit, of, a, bit of an idiot, really, because he, he, as if you can turn up dressed as you are and then win this race, which is 875 Ks from city to city. Well, and let's be frank about it, like, long-distance runners don't have a reputation of being, like, Mr. Personality, do they? <laughs> yeah. Like, the repetitive notion, like, the endurance... The, the boredom it doesn't always attract the most charismatic people so he is sounding amazing well yeah exactly but people are thinking oh is he just there for a bit of a stunt nobody's complaining mind and, and everyone likes him and uh, are interested in him but nobody's treating him seriously and, and when the race begins uh, that opinion is just reinforced really he's got this slow lolloping pace it looks like he's sort of shuffling along and he's he's left behind, you know. He's providing entertainment to everybody, but he's he's trailing by this huge margin. And and, and most spectators and and people involved in the race, I think, and well, well, that's that. We've had a bit of a laugh at this this guy, but you know that that's sort of the end of it. What you need to know about when you're doing an ultra marathon, Ian, is you know, eight hundred and seventy. I'm not Matt. Well, there's no danger. <laughs> Whatever right. was, let's, if you let's were, imagine. If you were. You're not going to do 875Ks in a day, obviously. Um, it's going to take days and days and days and days. The The previous record for this race was just over seven days. So the sort of assumed wisdom is you run for 18 hours and then sleep for six hours. That, that's how you get through the day. 18 hours of running, six hours of sleep. Repeat. Wow. Okay. 
That's horrific. Yeah, it's tough, right? That's tough. I think what makes it worse is that Cliff, being over the age of 60, he can get a concession card on public transport. He could, like, when the bus goes past, he must be... (laughs) 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 Well, this is Cliff, though. As I say, so that's the the sort of theory of it. You know, that's the the way most of these ultramarathon runners are doing it. And they might try and, you know, knock off half an hour either side to sort of give them more time spent running. Um, but they're all sleeping. Well, Cliff doesn't. Gets to the end of the first day. As I say, he's lagging right behind. But during that first night, in the middle of the night, he takes the lead because he doesn't go to sleep. <laughs> Sleep when you're dead. Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> Cliff ran almost continuously for the full five days. Over five days, he slept only 12 hours during the whole race. Um, I mean, I, for I, the I, listeners, I, Ian, Ian's jaw just dropped. <laughs> I mean, look, Matt, I've got two young children. I can kind of empathize with Cliff's plight here. But what I can't do is add on running as yeah. well <laughs> into this mix. But it's 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 by not sleeping or sleeping 12 hours over the course of five days that he, he ends up with this huge margin that nobody can eat into. Trying to make it all the way? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to run all night tonight. He actually wins the race by 10 hours, which, which is a record. Uh, he's broken the record um, by... By two days, more than two days, and everybody else who finished the race also smashed the previous record because they were carried along oh, with him. So, yeah, they were so, so desperate to catch up with him by the end of the race. Because, you know, day one, day two, they're like, this guy's nuts. He's not sleeping, but he's going to burn himself out. So they keep sticking to the tried and tested six hours of sleep a day. But by day three, they're thinking... This guy's going to win it. Well, day five, if you're doing six hours a day, that's 30 hours. He's done 12. Uh-huh. So even if he's... You've got to be... <laughs> well, they were, they were thinking it was you a seven... Be 18 hours quicker than him. They were thinking it was a seven-day race. He he cut it down to a five-day race. So he's he's completed the 875 kilometers in five days, 15 hours, and four minutes. Now, just to break that down into something a bit more digestible... That's the equivalent of almost four marathons a day for five days, 15 hours a d- and a four day. minutes. Four marathons a day or just under, just under. Look, I'm less intimidated by your London Marathon shirt now than you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, <laughs> look, it's, a, it's, it's an average speed of six and a half kilometers an hour or four miles an hour. Now, four miles an hour is not, not any great shake, but that's every hour for five days 15 hours and four minutes he's moving at six and a half k's an hour i mean that's that's respectable like you know at a 10k pace people would run 10k's at that pace yes i think the first tank in the first world war that they set off on the western fronts had an average speed of four miles an hour well there you are you know it's but it's like one of those where the tank would have stopped the the tank drivers would have had a rest not cliff not cliffy young See, he explained it that, and this is a quote, when I grew up on a farm and where we couldn't afford horses or four-wheel drives, and the whole time I was growing up, whenever the storms would roll in, I'd have to go up and round up the sheep. And we had 2,000 sheep and 2,000 acres. So I'd have to run around chasing those sheep for two or three days. And it would take a long time, but I would catch all of these sheep. He says, 
And, and, it, and this was the quote he was saying whilst being interviewed, whilst, whilst racing. He said, five days this race. I've only got two days left. <laughs> I've run sheep down for free. This is no problem. <laughs> it's just such a character all the way through. After stealing the lead off the other competitors on that first night, he never lost it. Why did you go to the front so early? Oh, I liked the front position. I'd see, I let them, the first day I let them run themselves out, and then I took the lead at night time, and I've held the lead ever since. I don't mind the front, if I can get a good break about, yeah, you know, too strong in the 20 or 30 kilometres, you can sort of gauge it, you can relax when you get a good lead, and then when they start to come way out again, it's not bad. Nobody caught him at all and they, they they just didn't adapt and didn't adjust as I say he was he dominated the race from start to finish because you would presumably as a, as his competitor you'd have because you'd have a level of intensity that you think that re- required which Cliff doesn't have he doesn't have that level of intensity that a normal runner has mm. he just has a level of endurance and I suppose if you're competing against him you would plan and you'd have a degree of flexibility within that plan, but not this flexible. Like, he's just blown this out of the water, hasn't yeah. he? But just because he never stops. As I say, his speeds in isolation aren't that impressive. But when you're not sleeping, you're eating into everybody else's distance. And he ends up winning the race. And I mean, on the, on the way into, into Melbourne's eastern suburbs to, to the Westfield in Doncaster... The crowds are there, they're, they're cheering him on. He's got this incredible, you know, the, they, they have to sort of make way for him because the crowds are surging to, to give him high fives and, and hug him and, and congratulate him. He's like a real life 1980s version of Forrest Gump. Yeah. But Forrest yeah. Gump isn't real. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Young is. <laughs> I mean, what a, way to, what a way to find out that he's not real. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> There's any listeners out there who... Thought that was a documentary. <laughs> he, he, he's done this incredible race. And as I say, that on its own, in isolation, in his gumboots, at 61 years old, would be enough to make you a, an Aussie hero. right? To make... Enough to get you on the wheel of sports, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. But that's not the end of his story. So by winning this race, Westfield have, have put up a prize fund of 10,000 Australian dollars. Well... He said he didn't know there was a prize and he felt bad about accepting it. He said, everyone's tried so hard. All of these lads and, and lasses that have finished the race, they've all, they've all done their best. So he, he just split the money between them. He gave all five finishers $2,000 each and kept nothing for himself. Just gave it all away. Oh, Matt, my heart has just melted. I never thought I'd be sat this close to you in the studio. And say those words. <laughs> it was only a matter of time, but that is so such generosity amazing. of spirit and how humble. I mean, how naive to not realise there was a prize. But it does that not that makes it, the achievement so much more more pure. It does. And when you think of the money involved in sport now, like to give it away, it and he doesn't sound away. like he comes from a rich background. I not at know. all. No, as I say, up until. Um, He'd said he didn't even have the, the four-wheel trucks. The way they got the sheep in off the farm, a, you know, he ran a potato and sheep farm, would, he'd have to go out and chase the sheep himself. Do you think he was scared that if he kept the money, he'd buy a pair of running shoes and then it'd be over? <laughs> <laughs> like he'd, he'd, he'd lose his gimmick. 
it should be said, whilst he ran in gumboots, over the course of the whole thing, he had to change them a few times. So he oh, actually... Is that cheating? I, I don't... <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it cheating, but <laughs> the legend of the, the gumboots, the gumboots got worn out. So he actually wore 10 pairs over the course ten of... 10 pairs he went through? Well, yeah, that's... Wow. That's 87k per pair. That's over two marathons per pair of gumboots. It's wow. not bad. But but after the, after the presentation of his prize... Which he then gives away. His legs give out. He gets carried off stage. And Westfield have, have put a bed there for, for him and presumably the other finishers as well. He sleeps there for about five hours. He wakes up and he eats three plates of eggs and some toast. And then he, because he's got there quite late at night, um, sleeps through the night, uh, wakes up the next day and spends all day just doing, doing interviews. And again, the media just absolutely love him and giving him no rest uh, he's, yeah but he's such a character and he keeps coming out with these amazing one lines and he's giving his money away and he, he's just such an unusual bloke I mean by then he's got his teeth in so at least <laughs> at least they can make sense of him when he's doing the interviews <laughs> um, but w- what's incredible is he's, he, he's actually got a bit of a legacy um, and the young shuffle as it's called, has actually been adopted by some ultramarathon runners because it expends less energy. As I say, it's sort of just like this shuffling motion rather than running. Um, because as I say, it's not with ultramarathons, it's not necessarily about speed. It's about endurance and, you know, conserving your energy. So to this day, the young shuffle is still adopted and used by uh, ultramarathon runners around the world. What about the wellies, though? Probably less. <laughs> Probably less. Probably less. In the rain, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, is, 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 did, did the race change him? You want to know? Um, did, I, I'm hanging on your every word here. This is unreal. Well, look, before the race, he lived in the family home with his mother and his brother. And allegedly, he was still a virgin at 61 years old. But after the 1983 win... He married a 23-year-old. Is there a good sort around I'll take her out, I reckon. Do you reckon you'd be ready for a good sort when you get to Melbourne? Yeah, well, I'm bloody oath. <laughs> There's plenty down there too, isn't it? I'm going to have a shower in Melbourne, you know, and clean my teeth. Haven't cleaned my teeth since the run started. Couldn't find any water. He was 62 by the time they got married, so that means she was 39 years his junior. Wow. <laughs> Here's the best bit. Westfield Shopping Centre hosted the wedding. Oh, get out. How good is that? <laughs> Look, it, it didn't end well for that happy couple. Uh, they got divorced after about five years. She, presumably she can keep up in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he never stopped. <laughs> but this this guy, he, he was just... He, he had the mentality, uh, and I joked there about him never stopping, but... That's really what he was all about. And that's what I think I love about Cliff Young. And I think that's sort of what endears him to so many people. It wasn't, he wasn't the most able person or the most able runner, but he was the most determined. And his brother said about him, you'd find him halfway up there at half past 11 or midnight heading home. And I sometimes used to go and take him a bottle of Milo. And I couldn't, couldn't talk him into giving up and having a ride back. No, he'd say. And I'd always say to him, but nobody's going to know that you didn't finish the run or I'd give you a lift back. And he'd said, no, nobody would know, but I would. And that was sort of his, his mentality the whole time, old Cliff Young. He just 
would not stop. You know, he set he set his mind to something and he'd he'd want to do it. In nineteen eighty four, he was awarded the Medal of Honor uh, for Australia for his long distance running. And in nineteen ninety seven, at the age seventy six, seventy six, he made an attempt to beat Ron Grant's Around Australia record. The Around Australia record kind of does what it says on a tin. That's running all the way around Australia. That's quite a long way. It's it's quite a long way, yeah. <laughs> it's what is it? It's about sixteen thousand kilometers. Wow. Yeah. He he managed six and a half thousand kilometers, but he had to pull out. It wasn't because he had to pull out at age seventy six. It was because his crew member in the car who was providing him with all the food got ill and they had to stop. Because oh. the Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> what what that's horrible. It's horrible, isn't it? Um but as I say, I mean this guy just you know, he never stopped. It, throughout his competitive career, he ran over twenty thousand kilometers and, and eventually died uh of cancer at the age of eighty one in two thousand and three at his home in Queensland. Um but even even sort of in the 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 weeks and months leading up to his death, his family and friends would say they'd still see him out going for a walk and he had such a positive mentality and he never wanted to stop that they think that that really helped him, um, you know, even towards the end of his life when he was struggling with illness. And and actually, he was once asked in an interview what advice he'd, he'd like to offer others in his age category. And, it, and he's sort of joking, but he just says... He basically tells them just to get out of their wheelchairs and do a few laps. And he starts talking about how the doctors once told me I had arthritis in my joints and said, take it easy. And I said, no, I think, I think I'll run it out. I think that'll fix it up. So I kept running and it disappeared. And, and Cliff Young describes his arthritis as like rust that gets into a vehicle. He says, you know, you have to keep your joints moving. Because if you don't wear them out, you're going to rust them out. And he says, and you're going to rust them out a lot quicker than you'll wear them out. So it's sort of this mentality of just, just go anyway. I don't care. And I'm not advising all of our listeners with arthritis to attempt. <laughs> I don't think all of our listeners have arthritis, but. <laughs> but it just, oh, it's just quite an incredible attitude um, against the doctor's advice to go out and, uh, and really achieve something quite unique. Matt, that's an amazing story, Cliff. Like, I'm, I'm gonna go away. And just, just look this up. I just need to see pictures of this guy. I'm actually gonna put a picture. If any of the listeners, um, while you're looking at your device, I'll put a picture up now so that you can see what Cliff looks like. Yes. Um, so just have a look at your device and celebrate. Just ponder a moment. What? cliff is <laughs> like no i think his greatest achievement is marrying a 23 year old <laughs> a real australian hero right absolutely matt that is an amazing against all odds cliff young what a hero we salute australian you. icon thanks so much to listening to the wheel of sport make sure wherever you're listening leave a review leave something send us a message as well at the wheel of sport on twitter or follow us on instagram you can get in touch with us there the wheel of sport and we have great fun making these episodes we'd have even more fun if more people listen so make sure you get your friends to take it out of their hand 
download the Wheel of Sport on their device and choose your favourite episode. Get them listening and we will speak to you next time on the Wheel of Sport. Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you so much. Have you been expecting Cliff to break down? Well, I've been saying for about three days he's got to stop, he's got to stop, but he won't stop. <laughs> I don't know what... Anyway, good luck to him, he's a good little fellow.